Hello and welcome to our Actors Roundtable discussion for the Pendant Shakespeare's production of Pericles, Prince of Tyre. I'm Jeff Robinson, co-director of Pericles, Prince of Tyre, and we are very pleased today to be joined by several of our actors from Pericles, including our title character, played by Russell Gold. Russell, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Also, pleased to be joined by Theo Holt-Bailey, our Gower, the narrator. Theo, thanks for making time to join us. Hello, absolutely. It's lovely to be here. And also joining us is Kirsty Wolven, our Helicanus from the production. Kirsty, great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, Adam Blanford, my fellow co-director, is here too. Adam, good to have you. Good to be here. All right, everybody. Well, uh, you know, we normally on our commentaries talk about uh, what it's like working on the uh, back end of the uh, production, doing the mixing and the editing. But uh, this is an awesome chance to get your perspectives uh, as actors working on the production. And uh, Russell, you know, why don't we start with you? Uh, tell us kind of generally uh, what uh, what your experience was like um, working on Pericles, what you found uh, challenging uh, about it and uh, what you what you enjoyed as well. Well, I generally enjoy reading Shakespeare. The stories are always very interesting. Uh, there's always a challenge in trying to work with the old language and mm -hmm. trying to not to um, get too far away from the verse. Mm -hmm. uh, but but it's, it's generally pretty straightforward. Uh, we did have one unusual thing happen in this particular production as the script that I received had uh, what did a line that made no sense whatsoever to me. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had to go hunting around. I found all the online copies had the same error in it. And it turned out I had a physical copy and it had a slightly different version of the line, which actually made sense in the context of the story. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you brought that to our attention, we were like, uh, we were very impressed by your attention to detail. I think most people would have just said, all right, this makes no sense, but I'm just going to read it like that anyway. <laughs> and it's fun because there is a lot of emotional variation to this particular story, certainly mm -hmm. at least from the part of Pericles. Absolutely. Did you find that um, there were any parts of the story, whether it's... Uh, towards the beginning uh where you know things are seem to be going okay for him or the middle where you know things are going crazy or or the end any any part in particular that you found uh, more challenging i don't know challenging i've, I've been doing this for a little while and sure. so it just winds mm -hmm. up being some other aspect of my experience that i have to draw on mm-hmm all right. Well, Theo, turning to you as a Gower, our narrator, um, you know, Hello. as we as we've said on some of the commentary tracks, um, you know, you start off many of the episodes with these four minute long monologues <laughs> and you you gave us like five or six takes of every single one. I was very impressed by the uh, the time commitment you put in. Um, what was what was your experience like, um, you know, recording all that language, probably looking up pronunciations of several words? No, I certainly yeah. had to do. Um, what what uh, what was your experience like doing it? Oh, it was great. I mean, I, I I didn't even realize that a lot of those monologues were like four minute epics until I listened to your commentary and I was like, oh yeah, they were quite long. <laughs> um, <laughs> hadn't even. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Those Gower's monologues are like nothing else I've ever done in Shakespeare mm. because they're because they rhyme so relentlessly. And, you know, the is it eight beats to a bar rather than 10. And just as a result, because he's using this very jingly jangly meter, 
The language is so strangled in some places, or at least I thought it, it's so even more dense in some places than um, than, than usual Shakespeare. So mm-hmm. it was really a uh, it was a real challenge to how do I get this across to the audience, even though I'm I'm sure this is slightly incorrect grammar even for the elizabethan period you know what i mean i'm sure he's uh-huh. changed stuff just to make it fit the meter yep. so yeah there was a lot of googling a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, what i call personal translations I, i'm not quite sure what some passages mean but i worked out what i thought they meant and i thought we'll right. go with that <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah and trying to lean into the rhythm of it but not let it sound too nursery rhyme i don't know i'm mm. not sure i achieved that in in all places but i mean it was great I, it was a real privilege to paint those pictures um and there are some really fun little bits in there talking about i love the bit when when he's like uh the wife wanted to bring her handmaid so and so it was it was something like that isn't it it's like mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. there's some really despite what i was just banging on about about how many places it's really um, antiquated. There are some really uh, informal moments, which are really nice. They bring Gower to life a bit. Did you, um, you know, have prior experience in Shakespeare either on the stage or in other voice acting gigs um, before before uh, taking this part? Yeah, on I've do, I did a few. I've done a, a few, uh, you know, stage productions of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, yeah, this was great fun. It was, it was fun being able to discover the language in the booth a bit and discover the how di- you know different ways of doing the lines and and discover it a bit organically as i went rather than have to i don't know hash it out for weeks in rehearsal which is a very different experience it was really fun doing that and also imagining that i'm delivering it to just one person rather than having to ah uh, yeah sing it to the rafters you know that was fun as well and Kirsty, uh, our Helicanus, turning to you, um, you know, it's such a pleasure having you work with us. I know you've done uh, many, uh, all of you have done uh, many other uh, pendant productions. And uh, Kirsty, I believe you said this was the first time you actually got to use your your natural accent in a pendant show. Is that right? Yeah, this is, um, I think, apart from the, actually, no, yeah, because my first appearance in Kingery isn't my natural accent um, mm-hmm. either. So this is the 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 one time independent production where I have used my actual everyday voice. Um, I think compared to when I recorded it, I can't. When when did we when when did we record? It's just time. I'm so bad with time at the moment. <laughs> did <laughs> we record this summer or something? Uh, thereabouts, maybe early early spring is when we started or so. Um, yeah, because it was. It's starting from this year, um, basically for people who are listening. Um, I'm from the south of England, but I've recently moved to a different part of the UK. Um, and in the beginning of lockdown is when I started to acquire some aspects of the accent where I now live. Ah. So <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to season 11 of Kingery, you can kind of hear that Cory does sound different to the Cory mm-hmm. in season 10. Um, because of the aspect of the accent changing, um, <laughs> so see that was that was quite nice. Just not not having to 
focus vocally and being able to focus on the script because especially I mean especially with Shakespeare is um like I had to do something a bit similar to Theo is that sometimes I would kind of have to just stop and think and kind of almost think backwards to what it actually means in modern English just because they have such a different way of phrasing stuff back in the 1500s or whenever Elizabethan times is so I was having to kind of kind of rejig the sentence so it made sense in my head and also trying trying to not always be in a like da 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 you know actually put like to understand it to be able to put like you know the correct emotion behind it exactly yeah Russell, uh, you know, I'm curious to ask you. So one one thing that uh, is is a bit unique about Pennant's approach is that uh, we generally have actors record their lines um, just on their own time. We find that it's um, you know the most convenient for um, our our casts and everything. But uh, you know, it it also means that uh, you don't necessarily have the the person you're playing off of in a particular scene. Um, acting there alongside you. And certainly, uh, Pericles, in, in this uh, production, there are so many scenes like uh, uh, the end, your your conversation with Marina, where, um, you know, the end result is that you sound in the same, like you're in the same room, uh, even, even though you have to record your lines independently. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like, especially with a character who goes through so many emotions and has so many relationships with other characters throughout the show? That's pretty much the way I've been doing audio drama since I started doing it it, Mm. uh, about, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. And it was a transition from stage acting, of course, because I was used to reacting from people. And of course, that's that is my understanding of why we always do multiple takes. In fact, a a friend and I Mm -hmm. some years ago actually did a show, a competition in which we brought up that point as ways to make that happen. So if you give enough of a range, the directors can find some lines that work together. And mm-hmm. if they can't, then they have to come back and ask you for more, more takes. It's very different, but I haven't acted on stage now in quite some time. So this is what I'm used to. Yeah. It does mean, you know, when you have a line that goes on for five minutes, you probably end the line and say, oh, God, I have to do this two or three more times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many times. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then uh, and if you make any kind of mistake in the middle, uh, then then uh, that uh, makes it all the worse. huh? Well, fortunately, even if you make a mistake, you can edit that part out. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and then if you have a five minute monologue, then you can. You can Frankenstein a, a one coherent piece together, so you have a exactly. lot, a lot of different spare parts to work with. So uh, that's that's also a really great thing. Yes, I, I also do some audiobook work, and that's even more common there. I, absolutely, I I do that too, and uh, I generally have to edit out all my swear words and everything. So um, <laughs> I, I feel you there. <laughs> And and Russell and Kirsty, I must say, both of you gave me a very enjoyable outtakes to listen to as <laughs> as I was doing my late night editing sessions. I typically edit, you know, it's ten thirty at night. It's totally dark. I'm by myself and feeling feeling like I'm not by myself because uh, Kirsty is cracking me up with the new British swear words that she's teaching me via via her outtakes. 
<laughs> I'll have to ask you after the end of this, like you to message me, like what what have you learned? Um, I, I mean, before we started recording, I taught someone the meaning of mank. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the meaning of that. <laughs> Maybe it's less, more of a regional cultural exchange now. Yeah, well, mank, mank means disgusting. <laughs> oh, mank as in manky. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That that mank. So I'm curious to ask, uh, Theo, maybe I'll start with you, um, you know, in, in listening to some of the episodes uh, after after they were produced and mixed and everything, um, which I know requires a lot of patience. It's probably frustrating submitting your lines uh, and then not hearing the finished product till months later, but uh, take some take some time to put together. Um, you know, bet, any, yeah. anything stand out to you in terms of uh, like, was it different in any way than you expected or, um, you know, pretty much what, what you were thinking? I'm curious what you what you thought. <laughs> Listen to the <laughs> well. I was I was incredibly pleasantly surprised. Just you may, managed to make me sound well. Good audio quality for one, which I was astounded by. Uh, <laughs> I think the the echo goes a long way on my lines to to hide any kind of I don't know slightly subpar audio stuff. Um, yeah. I thought it was great. I loved the. I, I didn't realize that that. Uh, I, I confess, I I should have done my research. Really, I I hadn't listened to any other uh, pendant Shakespeare's. Mm-hmm didn't realize you went so in on the on the background stuff which i thought was brilliant yeah the one in uh the opening of act three i remember you saying on the commentary how much fun you had adding the little sound effects yes Um, yeah and yeah i just thought it's yeah it just brings it so to life um yeah we did add a I was going to say, yeah, we did, we did add a, you know, reverb to your voice to kind of sort of give you this uh, narrator type quality, like you're not part of the action, you're sort of above it all looking down at uh, at everyone mm. kind of. <laughs> Thank you for that. Otherwise, yeah, it would have just been an enthusiastic boy introducing you to <laughs> like this, this Mediterranean epic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I loved, I loved, I loved all of those little sound design stuff. I thought they turned it from, yeah radio shakespeare into something really alive uh, russell uh you know any any thoughts on your end as you as you listen to the the finished uh, episodes i find it always very interesting how you manage to make what takes i gave and pick something out that works really well with the, with the other actors too mm-hmm. you know so it does sound as though i'm reacting to something somebody has just said rather than saying various things and hoping that um somebody says something that makes sense with it Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I, I try to do, uh, Russell, is, you know, um, there might be lines where the script doesn't necessarily say that, uh, like, you gasp or something as Marina reveals who she is. It might not necessarily say that, um, but I managed to find in one take somewhere, like somewhere in one of your lines, you gasped and you gasped in, in there, and uh, I managed to, to pull that in, <laughs> even if you didn't specifically set out to record it. <laughs> Definitely, uh, definitely can be can be tricky uh, making it sound like you're actually reacting to a person when you're recording. In many cases, on literally the the opposite side of the world. <laughs> Kirsty, uh, Kirsty, did you have any thoughts on uh, how the production turned out, or any ways it might have differed or been the same from your expectations? Um, I think one thing that's really um, interesting is probably just because it's a it's a different um, director team, but that with my experience with the Kingery is that. Hmm the the sound design is a lot more subtle and you let the voices be the forefront whereas because the kingery there's like loads of stuff 
going on as well and also um you know it's set it's sci-fi so it's set on you know a completely different world and universe there is a lot more opportunity to be i feel like a bit more creative and bring it more to the forefront with that style so it was really interesting seeing the different like direction style in terms of like producing the episodes between the two mm-hmm. yeah and one major difference as well is that uh in shakespeare you know it's it's really the only pendant production where you cannot improvise any of your lines at all you can't do those improv takes like you do with a yeah King or no, no no definitely definitely not and I was finding with, um, I can't remember exactly where it was exactly, but I kept getting just two very small words the wrong way around because that's how it flowed better for me. But I was like, no, this literally cannot be said a different way. I have to say it <laughs> the order that it's been given to me, um, which, yeah, which is definitely a, another like main difference between um, this show compared to um, any any other show that Pendant is. Hmm. Also, difference of audio versus live, where I have mm. had to improvise Shakespeare. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. How did that turn out? <laughs> oh, that, that was very interesting. We were doing a Midsummer Night's Dream, and um, Bottom, who has half the lines in the scene, didn't show up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, how did you manage to uh, improvise your we way out of that We went through the scene backwards until he showed up, just as we were running out of things to say. <laughs> Oh, I hope the director reamed him afterwards. Wow. Man. <laughs> the director's comment actually was his mother was laughing hysterically and he said, Stop laughing, Mom. That's not the way I directed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, uh any any questions on your end? Don't want to uh, monopolize the conversation here. Here's a here's an interesting question. I if you could play another part in this particular production, what would you choose? I mean, you all made your mark as 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 Pericles and Helicanus and as as Gower, but what would you want to play if you had to do it over again? Christy, I'm gonna throw you under the bus first. <laughs> Thanks. Um I'm trying not to like laugh because the thing is there's so many characters I can't remember the names of any of them. Fair, fair. <laughs> That's why I had you go first. <laughs> Thanks. I'm cruel that way. Yeah, honestly, I I'm my mind is completely blank. There are just too too many names. It's they've all got like Greek names, and I I you know not nothing against people who are Greek, but it's just they're not very easy to remember when they're like so many of them because it's also that with Pericles, uh, Pericles is that um, it has a lot of different locations, so you have yeah. almost mm-hmm. have to have like a full cast of people and i'm sure in stage productions they you know double triple roll up i'm pretty sure for different scenes but they they almost have to be like different blocks or blobs of people which is why there's so many characters in this okay all right uh then we're going to recast one of the as one of the pirates I think you do a great job. I'm I'm from I'm this is really embarrassing because I am from just about from West Country, which is where the pirate accent is derived from, and I cannot do my 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 stereotypical <laughs> accent. I can say things like Dorset, Somerset, and Tritter and Combine Arbister. That's about it. <laughs> Love it. You're... I was just going to say, if I could have been any, I would have been a pirate. 
<laughs> I feel like there's I, I a good opportunity do, to really chew the scenery on that role. Oh yeah, <laughs> you you would have backed the yeah. out of that. I I can see that. I can absolutely see that. I don't know. It seems to me once you've been Pericles, it's very hard to say. I there's some other role that I would love to try. I mean, mm -hmm. I really like the people, the way the people who did them did them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're making you a pirate too. Just everybody's a pirate. <laughs> All right, pirate, pirate one, two, and three, right here. All right, a pirate take. All right. <laughs> that one was a lot of fun to try and try and figure out. Okay, how do you how do you get that that scene? How do you get them to abduct her and take them? That that was a lot of fun. Uh, let me ask you all, you know, um, any, uh, you know, tips, advice you would offer to uh, other voice actors out there looking to get into audio drama? You know, there are, there's Pendant, of course, we have plenty of productions always auditioning and uh, other groups out there certainly as well. Uh, Russell, I know you mentioned you've been doing this a good uh, 12 or 13 years now. Um, how did you, how did you get started and how did you find your way into, into more and more roles? Not only with Pendant, this was but, uh, just very interesting. I was actually reading a web comic and in the commentary with the web comic, the the uh, author mentioned that she was trying to do an audio version of it. And I thought, Gosh. hey, that's really cool. Let me go try that. And I auditioned for that and I got a role. And then I discovered the site where the auditions were had a whole bunch more auditions. Mm -hmm. And I got to do a whole bunch more tr people trying. At the time, I was using the microphone built into my computer, which was really, really bad. But people <laughs> were willing to accept it. And then little by little, I started to actually spend a little more money on microphones. And the biggest thing for me was just learning the transition from stage to audio. Mm. Mm. How, was that, uh, how was that challenging in particular? That was, well, there's a lot of things you do differently. Obviously, you move around a lot differently on stage than you can if you're doing audio, where you have to stay put. Or, or I've, I've had, I so had some producers. When I've been doing Corey, I've whacked my hands so many times <laughs> from putting my hand where it physically can't go. <laughs> right, and if you move, at least some producers have noticed, hey, you sounded on this side of the microphone at that point, then you move to the other side of the microphone, and that makes the editing really, really hard. So don't do that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I should bear that in mind in future. <laughs> and plus, because I got used to Stage acting with no microphones, I was used to projecting my voice to the back of the house, which also does not work very well with microphones. 100%. Yep. So you, you learn, you try things, 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 some work, things work, and you do them again. Some things don't work, and you don't do them. So, but you just have to keep trying, and as long as you put the passion and character into it, you're going to get people wanting to cast you and give you more chances. Very nice. Theo, how about you? How long have, uh, have uh, you been dipping your toes in the uh, voice acting world? Well, I've got to say, uh, I'm sat here listening to, um, to, to, to Russell kind of soaking in his, his advice as much as I can, because this was my first uh, audio thing wow. um, ever. Oh. Very nice. Very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was I felt very very honored to be Kester's Gower. Um uh, yeah, so I mean my first my first step on my voice journey was figuring out how to turn my bedroom into a how to hang mattresses, not mattresses, duvets and blankets in order to uh, make yes. a, a sound booth. Hmm. Which was uh <laughs> it's still a work in progress. And yeah, um I'm still kind of learning it. 
sort of doing this and a couple of other things for Pendant and doing the odd audio book. Uh, it's wonderful. I think definitely that transition from stage. I mean, I had, had never done anything but stage until about, yeah, similarly like this time last year. And learning to tone it down a bit, learning to <laughs> to mm -hmm. deliver the lines as if you're just talking to, just talking to one or two people uh, is, is really hard to get your head around. Uh, and it's still something I'm working on. And uh, Kirsty, I know uh, we've uh, certainly heard your voice across uh, other other pen and productions. How long have you uh, been at this and any advice to offer aspiring uh, voice actors out there? You know, I think nearly four years that I've been doing this. Uh-huh. Now, like, I think Penn, I think, what's it called? Kingery was one of the first things I actually um, got cast in and I forgot that I did the audition and I was very confused when I got a script. You would not be the first person. <laughs> um, so um, I'd probably say my, my main advice is to just, just get on and do it if you want to mm. give it well just try it i think when i first started um I, at one point i was using my phone microphone it was when i hear back myself back sometimes um in other projects like really way back it sounds horrendous but it's you know you can just want you know you can just just do it and it's, it's more about rather than about the quality of your microphone it's more about your um like your sound treatment instead like if you have a really exactly. fancy expensive yep. microphone but it you're recording in a tin can it will sound like you're recording in a tin can yeah. no matter how fancy your microphone is um so um yeah i just normally find stuff to audition for via twitter um and just following um like fellow creators fellow voice actors a lot of people that i know if they see a casting call um like i do this on on twitter if i see a casting call even if it's like for you know like 50 year old men which i'm never going to be able to voice um i'll still retweet it just in case if someone following following me can do that so that's how i find a lot of things as well it's just from following people who just keep retweeting stuff all um, right yeah well thank you so much kirsty and uh, russell gold and theo holt bailey and kirsty wolven have been our guests for this uh, actors roundtable for uh pendant shakespeare's pericles Prince of Tyre. And thank you so much to all three of you for joining us and lending your insights today. It's uh, been a pleasure. Feeling a little starstruck, honestly. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> to talk to you live after hearing your voices in my headphones for uh, months on end. So uh, it's been uh, awesome to get to chat with you. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thank you. Absolute honor. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks to everyone listening, and be sure to join us for the next Pendant Shakespeare production of Double Falsehood coming out later this year. I'm Jeff Robinson, co-director of Pendant Shakespeare. Thanks for listening.